Welcome to the Innocent Classroom Podcast. I'm Ade B.C. Wilson, Director of Innocent Community Development with Innocent Technologies. Today, our guest is Jesus Ramirez, Equity Specialist with Osseo School District. In this thought-provoking and at times emotional conversation, Jesus talks to us about the power of narratives and the impact innocence has on one's success. Thank you so much for being here with us today Mm -hmm. um, at the Innocent Classroom Podcast. Could you um, share with us, just let me let us know, let the audience know what your name is, where you work, what you do. Um, Sure. My name is Jesus Ramirez, and I am an equity specialist with the Osseo School District. Born in East Los Angeles, 1975, so I'm 42 years old now. Um, I didn't graduate high school, uh, dropped out ex-gang member, and I moved here in Minnesota when I was about 20 years old. What brought you to Minnesota? A wrong turn in Kansas. No, I actually, I followed my brother <laughs> back over here because uh, I was 18, 19, and I wasn't doing much at home. So mom said, you dropped out, so you go find your brother. How did you end up where you are now? Well, the truth is, um, I never intended to be in education, um, obviously by dropping out in 10th grade, but more importantly, when I arrived here, uh, there was a gentleman that knew my roommate, and he was a counselor for Minneapolis Community Technical College, and he, his name is Luis Player Delgado, and he was with the TRIO program. Well, anyways, my roommate had told him if he would be able to put interest towards possibly getting me into college, and I didn't know anything of it, so I was surprised to get a phone call by this gentleman and, and then asked me whether it's okay for him to pick me up early in the morning and take me to MCTC. Uh, anyways, he explained it. I agreed. I went over there. When I opened up his office, I saw on the left-hand side a picture of Malcolm X, and I saw on the right-hand side a picture of Emiliano Zapata, a revolutionary of the Mexican Revolution. So I said, what's up? What's the deal with this? And he goes, my mom is Mexican and my father's black. Let me tell you about education. Two hours out of there, I was signed up for school, ready to go, make a move. I wanted to start the first Chicano Latino Student Association. I couldn't believe I was going to get paid to go to school. Mind you, prior to that, like no formal really, – I just knew that I had been ignited. Mm-hmm. I had been reminded of my possibilities. Yes. When I saw that and I didn't have to go back to work at, you know, welcome to – I won't say who it might be, and then go ahead and pump two um, – when I knew that there was something other than that, and I knew that it was like seriously in front of me, I was like, I couldn't believe it. So that kind of started my path in education. Then I had to learn what it meant to be an actual student because not only was I now expected to turn in my homework, I paid to turn in my homework. And because of that, the scholarship money was not gonna come to me unless I learned how to be a student. So. Uh, I started a group with the Chicano Latino Student Association because of, of an elderly lady that was crying in front of the financial aid office. She was a senora who didn't speak much English, but she knew she had to get in there to get her program so she could take care of her kids. And so she was crying because she couldn't figure it out and the people couldn't help her. So I said, look, at this is obvious to me. I need to learn how to be a student. She needs to know how to get into school. You guys, <laughs> we just need to circle up. Yeah. We started the group and Build then the we community. said, nobody drops under B. Sure enough, we did it, and then we started modeling it to high school students at the Wellstone. Uh, I think it's the middle school or the high school we went to. And then um, it kind of, I had found my voice. Before you knew it, I had young bucks that were responding to me, and I was like, whoa. So then 
before you knew it, I moved into education. Actually, my focus before was biology. I want to be a biology teacher, and I'm going to be only the fifth licensed uh, Latino biology teacher in the whole state of Minnesota, which has, by the way, a dropout rate of close wow. to 14% of Latinos. So talk about a lack biology. of... Uh, of no students graduate dropping oh. out of high school Latinos. Okay. So it's we're sorry, fourteen percent out of EL alone. It's actually close to forty percent of our students, Latino students, that are going to school. You mind you, that's four out of ten students. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's a staggering statistic. Mm-hmm. That's staggering, outrageous. Well, sure. I mean, and it, should not be accepted. What's your cultural background? I'm Latino, so I am actually Mexica, or what we know as Aztec. My people come from Tezcalicoco. In reality, my people come actually from Canada. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, most people don't even know. Latinos, like, the whole idea of being Southern and the Brother is ridiculous. We speak Nahuatl. The Mexica or the Aztec speak Nahuatl. Nahuatl in, in Niagara, for Niagara Falls, means the first place where people speak Nahuatl. Nicaragua means the last place where people speak Nahua. Huh. We come from the seven original tribes that come from the north. So in reality, when they talk about crossing the border, we were crossing the Canadian <laughs> one, following the monarch butterfly all the way down to Mexico, Michoacan. Actually, Michoacan is a Mexica word. Michigan's a Mexica word. And we've been around these pipelines forever. But if I didn't know that, yeah. nobody shared that with me, that knowledge, that wisdom, I wouldn't be so proud about walking down these blocks because I would feel like a stranger to it. But now that I know I have ancestral ties here, yeah. watch me walk out with a little bit more pride. What does the lack of that information do to a a student, to a... Yeah. yeah. What does it do? Well, without a descriptor, then I don't know the context of who I am as far as, as I relate to others. So then as I look at the history and I look at other races, I may assume certain things that come with their own history. So no, I know the history of, of white Americans. And, I, and so then when it comes without me knowing my cultural identity and my cultural history, then the narrative of who I am can be injected. Because if I can't describe myself, or if I don't know myself, watch somebody else tell me who I am. That's right. Like a laborer, mm-hmm. like somebody who's going to be working at the hotels only. Not a genius, not, not a scientist, not, not, a, not an astronaut, not a, not, a, not a great Aztec warrior. Not, not so many possibilities. I'm limited to someone else's description. So now I don't know how to communicate to you. I don't know what my name is. I don't know where I come from. And I don't know my ancestry watch you inject whatever narrative you want gang member uh el labor yeah but what i am able to do is immediately influence my sphere and i'm providing a counter narrative to what we've been told and by that doing so um, i was able to show that this is what it's doing for me hopefully it'll do that for you we're very tied into each other and unfortunately if we don't know the narrative somebody will inject it for us that's right that's right and then not only will they inject it, but then that's what we, it, that's what we embrace and oh. that's what we become. Which is why I want to model a biology teacher. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get many more counter towards the gang member that I was in Los Angeles. It, that, I'm not supposed to be here right now. I'm not even supposed to be having this interview with you. Now, all statistics show that I should be either somewhere, sh- yeah, I should be dead right now. I, literally, the average life of people from Baltimore alone, this should be making everybody mad. 30 years less. Mm. For black folk. Mm-hmm. How do you, that's a whole lifetime. Yeah. Okay, so now the impact of this becomes such a large amount of, of the already the trauma that we're having that we can't seem to even grab a host because there's so many injustices that are going on. So my thing is instead of trying to grasp onto one particular subject matter or the other, we need to grasp onto us and our humanity. 
And now that's what I teach young bucks. I teach them not a sense of vanity in regards to what your culture is about. I teach them about the essence of, of finding that intrinsic value within ourselves that comes along in the big package that we call culture. Because the truth is, I'm not just a Chicano that means a Mexican-American. I'm also a Mexican, and I'm also a Mexican, or I'm also all-American. I'm also an able-bodied heterosexual. So there's a lot of cultural identities that I must tie in. Mm -hmm. When you think about innocent classroom, and we think about this concept of innocence, being free from the internalized stereotypes, negative narratives of people of color that affects our attitude and behavior. I'm curious about what you, how you use that to connect with students and help them connect with their own innocence? Like, is there a part of that in your work as well? I, I don't know how not. This is, I'm gonna be just 100 with you right now. I don't know what it's like not to be that teacher because in my act from violence and self-destruction to appreciation, to the projection of that sense of value, that's a big walk. And in addition to that big walk, I know what that side feels like. So when I speak, and I speak with genuineness, that other buck, no matter who he might be, whether he be a gangbanger or not, whether he wanna be stabbing, you know, uh, Lalito in the corner, and be like, fam, put your knife down, you're gonna study right now. Like, even when I'm in the middle of the argument, the only reason why them young bucks listen to me, because in my voice doesn't lie disdain. Mm -hmm. In my voice, in my, in, in seeing them, in seeing them and then them looking at me, they judge me for a quick second. They're like, is he gonna buy in? Is he, is, like, go ahead, judge me. Go ahead, go ahead. And they don't see it, which is why I'm like looking at them going like, what are you waiting for, fam? Yeah. This isn't, this isn't about me right now. This is about your benefit and what we're rocking together. But at the end of the day, real, real talk, Lalito, is that when you make it, my daughter makes it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there is a value in making sure you're good and, and we're on point. Let me tell you a story once that where we were. I was teaching at an ALC in downtown St. Paul. And in this ALC in downtown St. Paul, we had to go to Denver, Colorado because our students were able to formulate the first Mecha group, which is typically a college level or university level um, uh, student group. We created our own um, constitution and so we got accepted to go to Denver. We went to Denver, Lalito was literally hardcore into his gangbanging days right at that point, right? He's 16 years old. He's major destructive behavior. The only reason why he goes is he had a crush on one of the girls that was going. So I said, get your booty on there. So we end up going all the way to Denver. This young buck, because I was able to talk to him and keep it real with him, because I'm not shocked by the amount of, of, of choices that he makes and what's being thrown in front of him, because I know and I've seen it at the same time, I know that he's above and beyond that. Because I have that relationship with them, I was like, once we got to Denver, there was a protest for an elementary. I said, Larito, you get over their family and get in it, get in it. I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Took off. I gave it maybe 10 minutes. I walked back in that room. He had over 1,500 college students jumping over up at, <laughs> they were jumping up and down, mm. following his lead. Mm. And he looked at me. And when he looked at me, he goes, This is a failure. This is really cool. Mm. I never experienced this. I don't know what I'm doing. So he said, Puede. And it was mm. watching him fly. To let me know 
watching him fly in those settings that I know he's not familiar with, but watching him fly because he has that great sense of value and that just happened to fit his down his path, that would have never been seen or, or experienced. He would have, that great essence of him right there at that moment wouldn't have been done. It would have been led down by the same biases that have been holding him down and telling him what story he should be following. It was that counter opportunity. It was a moment for him to be innocent and still be accepted and loving yeah. that he was able to show his power of which was reflected in the 1500 college students that were listening to a high school kid. That level of innocence allowed him to be free in a way that he probably could, couldn't even remember ever being that free. Mm. Wow. Uh, but you can't be that in the destructive behavior. The narrative that we have been taught to follow and really is a reaction towards the injustice that was being exploded. And to me, the losing of those narratives and those stories is what kind of creates this pile of self-defeat and self, yeah. you know what I mean, self-hate that I was just feeding myself, whether I was scrubbing myself really hard in the bathroom because I wanted to get lighter or because I was crying every time I would walk into, you know, or in front of police officers because I, 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 all of a sudden I knew that I was somehow the, what they wanted to get rid of. That, yeah. How can I even, just hearing those words yeah. to me, Oh, it's just so heavy. I, and I challenge right now all teachers that might be listening to this right now. The idea isn't necessarily that you're broken. It's merely the opening of other possibilities. That's right. Meaning that's, that is negating nothing of no Absolutely. one. Merely just opportunities that arise from the brilliance of others. And that requires yeah. a sense of vulnerableness. And I love. I may look like I hurt. Others. I may look all my life. I've heard doors, doors lock all my life. I've seen persons go to the opposite end all my life. All I wanted to do was help somebody cross the street. But every time I was put into that context, every time I was literally dropped another notch to make me believe something that I knew very well that I didn't feel was side of me. So it took 20 years before I was able to see the reflection of my mm -hmm. brilliance. That being said, once I see it, I'm not losing no, it no more. That's right. I'm not, right. That's why I walk these, these walls. At the same time, I'll walk the west side of St. Paul all day, and my students still slap my hands and say, what's up to me? Yeah. That's a love that goes above. And they're still making some bad choices. Yeah. Guess what? I make bad choices, too. And other cats are going to. That doesn't make them. Yeah. They're still human. That's right. Thank you for joining us for the Innocent Classroom Podcast, where we free children to achieve. If you have any questions or thoughts about this episode, or to be a guest, email me at adebc at innocenttech.com. That's A-D-E-B-I-S-I at innocenttech.com. Also, join our community on Facebook and on Twitter. Have a beautiful day.